When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The KTSA Home Improvement Show with Martin Bamba, presented by Window World. Talk to Martin now, 210-599-5555. Now, Martin Bamba. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Saturday morning and the Home Improvement Show on AM 550, FM 1071, KTSA. Uh, KTSA.com. Uh, good morning to you, Mr. Don Cooper Stevens, and they're playing the music and uh, screening the calls, making sure that the show rocks along for the next two hours as we answer your home improvement questions. That's what this show is all about. 210 599 5555. 210 599 5555. We've got, you know, a lot to chat about. This is going to be a packed show this morning. So if you can get a phone call in, get it in because we're we're going to be uh, jam-packed today we've got several uh great guests coming up a couple of great guests coming up this morning uh at uh, 9 15 chris french from french's custom outdoor concepts is going to be calling in and we're going to be talking about all things outdoor living so if you have outdoor living questions uh, decks pergolas outdoor kitchens greenhouses you name it outdoor living stuff we're going to be talking about it with chris french the expert this morning then coming up at 10.15 this morning in the second hour, my buddy Mike Hermes is going to be calling in, and we're going to be talking about the state of real estate uh, in our area. And we'll be talking about that with Mike this morning uh, in the second hour. And uh, at some point today, we're going to be talking about the brand-new cost versus value uh, report that has come out from Professional Remodeling Magazine, uh, Professional Remodeler, and the uh the the list is uh it, it it's 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 in flux man it's it's different this year uh and i think it's different in in that the prices of things have gone up so much that the cost recouped is is coming down somewhat but there's also good news and we'll talk about that too um that's coming up in the show today uh want to give you a quick recap on a couple of things from this past week and uh and 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 let you know how we did with our Laughter is the Best Medicine event. First of all, I want to say thank you to to several people. Thank you to uh, Louie and Anthony Pedrotti out at Pedrotti's Ranch for hosting us and, and having such a beautiful facility that uh, we held our event in. Uh, Mr. Pedrotti, Louis Pedrotti was out there all evening making sure everything was just perfect. The food was outstanding. Uh, the service was outstanding. The drinks were everything was just top notch, and the hall that that we had it in was just perfect for the evening. And I uh, can't thank them enough out at Pedrotti's Ranch. What a great evening it was! We had about 300 people out there on Saturday night. Um, we had some fantastic sponsors like WOAI TV and Magnolia Pancake House and Credit Human, and and uh, and and the list goes on and on and on. Um, just just some fantastic sponsors out there. We thank each and every one of our sponsors for helping make this possible. Uh, but our attendees, and uh, through the auction and the silent auction, 
Uh, also, thanks to uh, to Danny Gottfried for coming out and doing the auctioneering for us. He did a phenomenal job. Our comics, man, you talk about some funny, funny people. we got some funny people in this town. I mean, some really great comics. Chandra Murthy was outstanding. Um, Kim Curley was great. Uh, Victor Speedy Gonzalez, man, I, I was crying. And, and then Cleto. Cleto closed out the show and, and just absolutely killed it. He was so funny. And uh, can't thank these guys enough for being there. We're going to do it all again next year, so if you missed it this year, put it on your calendar for next year. It's going to be sometime in mid-October, and uh, we cannot wait uh, to do this all over again. It was a phenomenal night. And, and by the way, um, we raised over $80,000 for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital thanks to the generosity of our sponsors and our attendees and uh, what a difference you made on Saturday night. It was truly humbling, and it was my honor to emcee the event. It was fantastic. Um, let's see here. Uh, also want to give you a gym update. Talked to Jim this past week. He is doing uh, good. Uh, he's got some follow-ups with his, he's got some follow-ups with his, uh, his, his uh, not his oncologist, his, his neurologist and his neurosurgeon. And at some point he is going to have to have some type of surgery but they're going to be monitoring him. He's wearing a device to monitor um, his brain activity and, and anomalies and things like that. But anyway, he's, he's, uh, he's plugging along. He sounded great. Um, you know, he's, he, he, he's doing good. Um, so nothing real new to report there, but he just wanted me to pass on to you all that he's, you know, he's fighting the fight. He's doing good. Um, let's see here. Let's go ahead and get to the phones, uh, get a couple of calls in maybe before we get to the break. And Chris French after the break. Let's go to John. John, good morning. Welcome to the Home Improvement Show. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I'm looking at purchasing a, mo- a mobile home, and I have no knowledge at all. Can you guide me as to what I need to look for and, you know, that everything works and so forth? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. The, the good news about manufactured homes is that uh, there are some very good quality ones out there these days, and the attention to detail that goes into building manufactured homes now is every bit as good as many site-built homes. So there's there's good news there. Uh, I would look for a manufacturer that offers a two-by-six exterior construction. Uh, that that's one way that I would uh, I would look for a, you know a quality upgrade in a manufactured home. Definitely look for one that has true insulated windows, not uh, uh, not Martin. the one. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, this is a used mo- mobile home. It's like 30 years old. Oh, it's a used mobile home, 30 years old? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. Sir. And, and what are you buying it for? What's Is it going to be for your primary residence, or is it going to be for a camp, hunting camp, or what's it for? No, it's going to be a primary residence. It's old, okay. but it looks to be in good shape, but I, I have no idea what to look for. I'm going to see. inspector, but uh, just wanted to get some pointers on you. Okay, okay. Well, that you, you just hit pointer number one, and that is get an inspector to do a full, thorough inspection of it. And what they're going to look for is wiring uh, issues. They're going to look for plumbing issues, both seen and, and some unseen. They're going to look at your air conditioning system and your heating system to make sure that they're operating properly and safely. They're going to check out your, uh, your ducts to make sure that you don't have breaches in the ducts and the ductwork is actually... Um, still all properly attached and has no breaches in it. They're going to check structurally to see if there are any any obvious signs of uh, water penetration and damage and rot and things of that nature. Termite damage, that's going to be 
one of the things that they're going to look for. Um, these are uh, the roof. The roof is one of the things that your inspector is going to look for and and see what you know what the age of the roof is, what the condition of the roof is, because you know you you you'd like to know when you're buying something that if in six months you're going to have to replace the roof, it's going to be another expense. You need to budget that in and take that into consideration right. in the cost of the property. Um, are okay. you buying the house and moving it somewhere? Are you buying the house on a piece of property or? Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's in a on a lot, so it's in a mobile home park. Uh, okay. Yes, it'll it'll remain where it's at. So. So the lot is a lease, and and you're buying the home. No, the, that... the lot comes with the mobile home. You it's, actually uh, own the uh, lot. Well, yes. Uh, once I purchase it, it'll be mine. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. That's one thing that uh, be sure about that because sometimes in these mobile home parks. Um, you you have a say a hundred year lease on the lot, but you don't really own it. Um, that, oh. that yeah. So make sure that you actually own the lot. Uh, if you don't, it's not it's not you know the end of the world. But you want to know that going in that yeah, this is real property and I own this or not because it does have it does matter when it comes to uh, getting loans to improve that home if you if you need to or want to do that and on a 30 year old manufactured home you're probably going to want to do some improvements to it at some point right um, right but go back to the lot now uh, so even though on the sale it says that uh, you know you're owning you're buying the land uh, yep. you're saying that it's only no, like if, a, like, if it says you're buying the land if it says the, the the land is real property then okay then that's what you're buying but you want to make sure you have the documentation that shows you that that's all I'm saying okay yeah. okay and and Mike Hermes, who will be in here at ten fifteen, um, is much more of a real estate expert than I am, and and we, we'll talk a little bit about that if you're still listening at that time. Okay. Okay. But uh, I mean, it's all of the same things that you would look for, John, if you were if you were buying, if you were buying a a home. Okay. You want to look okay. for the same things. You want to look for the same potential issues and 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 potential pratfalls that you would have if you were buying a home, and and. You know, if you wouldn't buy a home, and now let me let me qualify this. You, it depends on what price you're getting this thirty-year-old home for. If you're getting this thing for a ridiculous price, and you know you're going to have to put twenty or thirty thousand dollars into it, fantastic. But just know that up front. That's that's the thing. Is I don't want you to be surprised by anything. Okay. All right. Well, that's why I called into the program because I, I hear you, and you guys give pretty good uh, information. But uh, going one more time about that lot. So you say that, you know, where somebody buys the land, develops it, et cetera, it's like a hundred year lease and then after that, do you still own the property or they can sell it or what? Oh right. no, no. They they can they can sell it. It's it doesn't belong to you. It's just a it's just a long term lease. It's kinda like and, and I'm not saying that that's what this I don't mean to scare you, I'm just giving you information here. Uh for instance, if you buy waterfront property in some foreign co- countries, and it used to be like this in Mexico, I don't know if it is anymore, but in Mexico if you bought waterfront property and you bought a house on the water, you own the house, but the land was a lease for the next fifty years. You didn't own the land; it wasn't real. It wasn't real real estate that you owned. Okay, all right. So then, if the city owns it or whatever, they can come back and do whatever they want to. Co- correct. Correct. Okay. And so, where would that be in the in the in, in the in the information? In other words, I'm going to go to a title company. But I mean, would it be disclosed there and, and somewhere in the deed or something? Uh, that that is uh, that's correct. It, it, it will be disclosed when when you do a title search. That's that's definitely going to come up. Okay. All right. So that okay. Great. I'm I'm really glad you mentioned that. Okay. All right. Well, good enough. Okay. 
All right. All well, right. I didn't know if there was anything particular that I had to look for different than in a, you know, a house, you know, brick and stone or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's, it's all the same things to look for. You just have to have a, a different level of expectation. That's the only thing, especially on a 30-year-old home. Who's the manufacturer? I'm sorry, I don't know. Okay, try to try yeah, to find that out too, because you know, is it a Fleetwood? Is it a Schult? Uh, back in the day, Schult made some really good homes, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, two by six. They were the guys that were the forerunners on two by six construction. And I walked into some Schult homes back, you know, twenty five, twenty eight years ago that looked fantastic. Uh, the house is in real good shape on the inside. Uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, it was an older family that lived there, a couple, and then they passed on. So somebody inherited. Now they're selling it. So um, it, it's it's in really good shape for the age of the home. But you know, the outside, you know, there's somewhere, you know. Uh, but, well, uh, no, I don't know. That's, the name of see, it, that's yeah. where Window World and Brookstone comes in. We can help you with that. Okay. <laughs> we can we can help you make the outside look brand new. Oh, okay, good. Well, it was worth making the call then. Well, John, right. thanks, well, thanks for calling this morning. I appreciate you, man. Thanks, and, and congratulations in advance on the new house. Hope everything goes well. If you have any other questions after the inspection, let me know. Right now, I want to bring in our, uh, our guest this hour. Uh, he is uh, a guy who does all types of exterior uh, backyard remodeling, and, and I'm talking from decks to pergolas to outdoor kitchens. We're going to talk about all that stuff. So if you have questions about that, grab a phone line. He's going to take, take calls and answer those things as, as time permits. But want to bring him in right now, Chris French from French's Custom Outdoor Concepts. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing, brother. Doing good, brother. How are you doing? Uh, everything uh, good in the work world? You, you out there building all kinds of good stuff? All kinds of good stuff, yes, sir. Yeah, we're staying busy, um, just trying to, to keep moving forward, absolutely. Well, t- tell me, Chris, what is, what is the most prevalent thing that you're building these days? What what When people call up your 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 store and, and they call it French's custom outdoor concepts. And what is the most requested outdoor uh, construction project that you're working on these days? Uh, you know, ever since the, uh, the pandemic hit a couple years back and everybody started staying home a lot more, it's the, the three major things I'd like to say is it's going to be your deck patio covers, you know, got to get out of that sun down here in South Texas. Oh, and yeah. then third is outdoor kitchen. Everybody just because they're not going on vacation, they didn't want to go out to eat or anything like that. They wanted to stay home and and enjoy their space. So, oh, without a doubt, outdoor kitchens are are still red hot. Um, don't know what I'd do without mine. Love my outdoor kitchen. And and what are some of the features that you see uh, people wanting in their outdoor kitchens? Because that's evolved over the years too. I mean, an outdoor kitchen used to mean I've got a grill on my patio, right? That that was my outdoor Correct. kitchen, but. I mean, you're really seeing indoor come outdoor a lot these days. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, popular options, obviously, are going to be your, your grill. And, you know, most people, they don't need anything too, too fancy, just something like a 32 or 36 inch. But we've gone all the way up to a 40, 48 inch. And, you know, it's got a whole rotisserie uh, stick on there. Um, and then the uh, the Blackstone griddles have actually been pretty popular lately um where we can incorporate not only a barbecue grill itself but then the griddle right next to it um and then yeah the the big green eggs of course are are real popular so yeah um, what i what i found out about the uh you you know the griddling it's to me it's it's kind of cool because you can use the griddles for of course for breakfast and things like that 
But it's also great for if you want to recreate that teppanyaki experience that you have at a Japanese restaurant. They are perfect right. for that. Yes, sir. Yep. Absolutely. And, and because you're outside, you don't have to worry about, you know, a vent hood or, or you know, smoking up your house. And uh, and you can really get that experience without without all the hassle of doing it inside your home. I love that. And and when it comes to the Big Green Eggs, uh, everybody knows the na- the brand Big Green Egg. Big Green Egg is like the Kleenex of, of ceramic uh, mm-hmm. cookers. But they're really right. ceramic yes, yeah. cookers. And tell yeah, us about those. You know, there's a couple others. There's a couple others out there, brand-wise. You know, the Komodo Joe and, and a couple others. But, um, but yeah, those are those are really popular down here as well because everybody likes to do. There's so many accessories for them, and so many different um, uh, you know flavors that you can you can put in there and 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 you know smoke your meats and, and things of that nature. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and the great thing to me about the ceramic uh, grills is their versatility. Uh, we used to have a Primo grill that i really loved and i cooked pizza on it debbie Mm -hmm. debbie even made brownies in it one time brownies bread uh it's it's kind of like a pizza oven slash grill slash smoker all in one right yes sir and yeah and they're coming out with a lot of of new stuff uh i was just actually a couple weeks ago up in mount pleasant helping a guy open up his store and he had this humongous it was a it was a grill it was an oven. It was a smoker. It was everything in one. And he actually um, had some uh, deep dish pizza from Chicago flown down, and he was able to to cook the pizzas in this. You know, it was an oven at that moment, but you know, the next day he cooked us some uh, steak on it. It was then a grill. So the technology yeah. and the stuff you can get it all in one in in some of these units now, and it's just it's amazing. Well, and and for limited space, I mean, everybody doesn't have unlimited space on their on their patio some people have smaller patios so it's perfect for those types of situations where you want to have the conveniences of all of those things but you don't have room for individual components absolutely yes sir and that's actually one of the roadblocks that we typically run into is you know i'll go out to a consultation and they they tell me they, they want you know a grill side burner a sink uh, this that and the other and then we go out to the area that they're wanting to, to put it in, and it's like, well, I only want to go eight feet by four feet over here. And well, <laughs> you're kind of limited on space in there, so we need to cut back on a few of these options. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you got it. things in one, it helps out. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I think what people do is whenever they go out and they pull their tape measure, they think, okay, I've got all this room, but they don't take into consideration you've got to have some counter space and some separation in between these things. You can't just jam them right up next to each other. You have to have structure. At- Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes, sir. 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation this morning. Uh, And if you have outdoor living questions, this is the time to call in because we've got Chris French from French's Custom Outdoor Concepts with us right now. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. Great to be here. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about decks, okay? Uh, Decks are, are so versatile. And, and come in so many different shapes, sizes, and forms that it's kind of kind of difficult to wrap your mind around what exactly you want sometimes, especially whenever you don't have a, a really great imagination. So what would you tell the person who's thinking about putting a deck in their backyard, what would you tell them is the first thing that they should look for, the first thing that they should be considering when installing a deck? Really with any outdoor structure, um you know, but but primarily with a deck or a patio, when you expand your living space, you know what what are you going to be using that space for? 
you know, are you big on entertaining? You're going to have a lot of guests out there. Is it just going to be you and your spouse, you know, sitting out, out there on, in the morning, drinking a cup of coffee and, you know, staring at the deer on a green belt? Um, so it's really, you know, how are you going to be utilizing the space out there that's really going to determine how in-depth we can, you know, can get or, or how in-depth they would like to get. And you got lots of choices when it comes to material uh, for construction. And I had a caller last week asking about western redwood cedar versus pine versus composite. Tell me about the different options that are out there, and and what is the what is the latest hottest thing right now for building decks? So, in the wood category, it's correct. Yeah, you do have your fresh treated pine. That's going to be basically your budget friendly. Um, if you're not looking to spend a lot of money out there. Uh, but you would still like to have a, you know, an expansion, you know, fresh treated pine decking is going to be your, your cheapest option. Um, the ups and downs of that though, unfortunately are, you know, in South Texas, as hot as it gets, as that stuff shrinks and, and dries out, uh, you're going to have a lot of splitting, a lot of cracking, a lot of warping. Um, so that's really, that, that's not my first pick when I do an outdoor, uh, deck for, for people. Uh, if they want a wood deck, I automatically go to Western Red Cedar. There are oils in, in the wood that help maintain its structure, you know, keep it more uniform. It is still going to do some cracking and splitting on you, but nowhere nearly as bad as uh, as the pressure-treated pine. Well, and it's, uh, and it's also it's naturally uh, naturally pest-repellent, isn't it? Correct, yes, sir. Yeah, the oils in there, really, it, it helps with, and mildew as well, too. So it's going to be more resistant to rot, Um versus, uh, you know, just like an untreated, uh, uh, you know, decking out there, wood decking out there. Fresh treated pine is resistant to rot as well. However, there are, you know, three uh, different categories of the pressurization that uh, a lot of people don't really understand, and, and the decking does not category, does not fall into one that is not going to rot. It will still rot. It's just sort of uh, resistant to it, I should say. Well, and, and I think so. that most people don't understand that, that pressure treating is more for for a for a a, a, a pest deterrent than it is for rot, and mm-hmm. and uh, and and that's a misconception, I believe. Um, we hey Chris, we do have a caller on the line that has a question for you. You mind taking some calls? Absolutely, yes, sir. All right. Hey, get yourself a phone line two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Let's go to Cheryl. Cheryl, good morning. Welcome to the show. Yes. I have a 20 by 20 patio, and the concrete is like 3 by 3, and it's the filling that I am having a problem with because I love to clean that patio with, you know, spray water on it to get all the dirt off, and I'm afraid to do that now because that filling is starting to crack and and pop out. I, I don't know what to do. Do you have any ideas there? So it, it's a twenty by twenty um, uh, concrete patio, or it's a three by three concrete yeah. patio. Yeah, it's up too. So it, it, it's not solid concrete. It's uh, three by three slabs with filling in the center, and it's the filling oh. that. Oh, it's it. It sounds it sounds like a paved stone. Oh, uh, kinda, yeah. Yeah. So what kind of when you say filling is it is it sand between them is it cement between them what is between between them? Uh, what it looks like 
to me is yes, it's sand with real tiny little pebbles in it. Okay. Well, Chris, what would you suggest? I mean, rinsing it off, if, if you want to spray water on it, I would just suggest, you know, to try to avoid any type of high, high pressure uh, when you're going over the joints, and you can just stay right through those three-by-threes, and, and you shouldn't really have any issues. Um, you know, another thing that, that if it's, you know, the buildup of any dirt or debris, you could always take a brush or a broom out there and just sort of, you know, spray and then work those three-by-three three areas first and then just do a, a, a rinse-off. A light rinse. Of everything. Yep. It's not that dirty to where I need to get brushes on it. It's just I like to, I've always liked to just clean it with water instead of mm-hmm. sweeping it or blowing it. Sure. I, I always like to clean it with water, and I'm afraid to now. <laughs> well, is is a lot of that is a lot of that uh, filler in between the, the the stones? Is it coming out now? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, yes. you can you can take a sand. A sand and cement mixture, okay, you take take uh, sand and put a little bit of uh, quickcrete mason's mix in it, uh, mix that up, brush it with a, with a, with a wide uh, broom, with a push broom, brush it into those joints, and then lightly wet it a few times over the course of two or three days, and it will, it will fill in those joints. And it will give it a hard enough surface to where, unless you're using a pressure washer, you should be able to rinse that off without any problems. So don't use a pressure washer on it. No, do not use a pressure washer. No, no ma'am. Well, I guess that's probably what happened because that that's guarantee. What I oh, I guarantee you that. I thought you were rinsing it off with a garden hose. No, ma'am. If you're using a pressure washer, yeah, you're going to knock knock the uh, the joints out of that. Okay, so but I can uh, even now uh, just do it with. Water, just just a hose. Just a garden. Just uh, just spray in on a garden hose. No problem at all, Cheryl. Oh, okay. 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 Hey, thanks for calling this morning. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Uh, Hey, let's get back to the phones and uh, and and get uh, another call in for Chris before he has to get out of here today. Alberto, you're up with Chris French from French's Custom Outdoor Concepts. Great. I got a good question for you guys. I got a thing that got installed about three years ago, about 20 by 30, wrapping around a, a swing spot. looks great. But it, it was stained, and then after a year, the stain kind of faded away. I stained it again the second year, and the stain went, you know, seeming like it's peeling away. Is it the, you know, it is cedar, treated cedar, so I wonder why it's not taking the stain and any good tips for staining that you can give us? Chris, that's for you, bud. Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, so let me ask, did you stain the, the, the deck yourself, or did you have a company come out and do it? When they installed it, the company put the first stain. In the second year, I did it with the same okay. what, product they initially did. So when uh, when they came out to stain it, did they um, did they happen to sand the, the deck down first, or did they just throw the stain on top of it? I, I know that they, I saw them do it. I did not remember seeing sanding at all. Okay, so when when the lumber goes through the mill and it goes through the the blades that that cut it up into the planks, uh, those things are running at such a high RPM that there's actually a glaze that is made on top of the decking that you have to stand off in order to allow the wood to to receive uh, the stain, right? Uh, and then in addition to that, was it an oil-based stain or a water-based stain that they used? 
I believe it was oil. Okay. All right. So that, that's good. If they did use an oil-based stain, then, then that's perfect for exterior. Um, but, yeah, if they didn't sand that down, what's going to happen is that stain is basically just sitting on top of that real thin film uh, of that decking, and it's not being able to penetrate completely down into it. So the, the best solution to do at this point is I would say you'd have to go through, stand, you know, do a cleaning of everything, sand down the deck boards to remove any of the, the, the new dirt over the last couple of years and then also get that film off of there that uh, that was produced through the mill and then the stain should be able to accept it at that point. Okay, what what kind of gray sand do I need to use? Uh, I would start at approximately about an 80 grit uh, and then don't do anything more than 120 because the, the finer you get, then you're going back into those really, really fine particles that are going to start clogging up and, and not allowing to uh, to receive the stain. But there you go, Alberto. We're we're getting towards the top of the hour, so thanks, thank th you. Alberto. Thank you for calling. Appreciate you, man, and and thanks for that great information. Just real quickly, uh, before we get out of here, Chris, uh, when you're talking about composite versus wood, which do you prefer? Uh, from a maintenance standpoint and from a versatility composite, absolutely. Um, I am a fan of wood just because of the the natural characters of it, but uh, like our last caller just said, I mean, you have to maintain that stuff on a regular basis. You know, down here in South Texas, the weather's brutal. you got to do it, you know, at least every two years at the bare minimum. Uh, and even at that point, it, it's got a lot of wear. But, yeah, composite decking is definitely the way I would go. Um, you know, it's a little bit more money up front, but it's less hassle and headache in the long run. And where, does that, where do our listeners reach you if they want to learn more about these, these things that we've been talking about today? Well, we're online, of course, at FrenchesCustomConcepts.com. Um, you, know, you can go to our website. We have several different uh, drop-down tabs that you can you know, look at different pro, uh, projects that we've done in the past. You can also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, um, working on our Pinterest page. That's always big with, with people. You know, Go there and get some ideas there. Outstanding. Um, yeah, definitely, we are online. Hey, Chris, thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for the chat, and uh, look forward to seeing you real soon, buddy. 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the home improvement questions and the home improvement conversation this morning. From the roof to the foundation to everything in between, that's what we're talking about this morning. 210-599-5555. Thanks to Chris French with French's Custom Outdoor Concepts. Um, great conversation with him this morning talking all things outdoor living and and uh and if you need anything like that they're the folks to call at french's custom outdoor concepts for sure um we have mike hermes joining us this morning at uh, about a quarter after and we're going to talk about uh, the state of the real estate market in san antonio and what's going on here and what's happening in our neck of the woods uh real estate wise we know that there's lots and lots of changes that have been happening and uh you know it's it's kind of a if not a week-to-week and maybe even a day-to-day thing that we watch when it comes to real estate prices and uh, interest rates and all of those all of those things that factor into the real estate market. We'll be talking about that with the expert Mike Hermes uh, coming up at 15 after today. Um, phone lines are open at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Is Larry still there? Um, did he hang on through all of this? Don, I meant to ask you. Yeah, I figured so. Okay. 
Uh, so get your set. The phone lines are open, wide open phone bank, 210-599-5555. Let's talk about uh, the cost versus value report that just got released uh, this week. Zonda Media Partners are the uh, ones who released this via Professional Remodeler Magazine. And every year what they do is they take a look at all kinds of different types of remodeling projects, and, and I'm talking interior and exterior. Uh, some of the things that they that they look at are bathroom additions, and they and they break them out between mid range and upscale. Uh, they also look at uh, universal design bathroom remodels, major kitchen remodels, master suite additions. Uh, they also look at grand entrances and garage door replacement and window replacement and siding replacement. So we're going to look at at some of these uh, as time permits today. And, uh, and and look at what the cost versus value is in today's market. And, it, and it's changed a little bit. And I, and I think I know why. Um, and and we'll, be, we'll be talking about that as we have time today on the show. But uh, as always, it's, it's all about you and your phone calls and your questions. So let's get right to those. Liza and Larry, hang on. You're coming right up. Romero, you are up on the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Uh, yes. Um, good morning. I have two questions, one regarding water heaters and the other one, rich vents. Okay. On the rich vents, on the rich vents uh, as they, uh, when you have a new home built, do they, uh, does the builder automatically have rich vents or do you have to request it? How does that work? It depends on the builder, Romero. Uh, it's, it's not an automatic thing. It, it is pretty universal now. Uh, so it, it kind of surprises me whenever I see a, a builder not use a ridge vent on on a composition roof, um, but that does not mean that it's that it's absolutely um, you know a guarantee. Like standard equipment, the standard. Right. Um, and uh, uh, that would be an additional cost. I'm, I, I would assume if you requested. Uh, you know, it may be or it may not be. It depends again on the builder, but the the cost addition for a ridge vent is pretty nominal. It's not it's not like in the you know tens of thousands of dollars to add a ridge vent. You're talking probably a thousand dollars to add a ridge vent. Okay. And in, the whole, in the whole scheme of a of a home you know building project, that's not much. Okay, very good. Uh, and my other question regarding water heaters. Uh, when do you determine if if the new home construction would require more than one water heater? Is it by the square footage uh, bathrooms or what? Uh, it's typically going to be by the square footage, but more by the number of bathrooms and bedrooms uh, because that tells you how many people are going to be living in the home. And, you know, of course, the more people you have living in the home, the more demand there is for hot water and uh you know, and, and typically, you know, a typical, say, 20, let's say 2,000 to 2,500 square foot home is going to have a single water heater. Uh, anything beyond, say, 2,800 to 3,000 square feet, you might end up with two. And anything over 5,000 square feet, you're probably going to end up with three. Okay. Now, if it requires two water heaters, do they need to be side by side from each other, or can they be on opposite ends of the house? Oh no, they can definitely be on opposite ends of the house. In fact, that's tip that's typical is is to have them on opposite ends of the house. Okay. 
All right. Well, then um, I appreciate your answers. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Hey, Romero, thanks for calling this morning. Appreciate you, appreciate you being here. Let's go to Lisa. Lisa, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Martin. Good morning. I do have two questions. The first one is that I have wooden double doors on the front of my house, and the house has shifted, so now they're not aligned. How do I fix that? Huh. Okay. Tell, tell me the issue one more time. Wooden double doors, front of yes. the house. House front is the shifted. House. Doors are not aligned anymore in the okay. frame. Uh, how, how, how much non-aligned are they? Are we talking uh, an eighth of an inch? Are we talking a half an inch? Uh, probably about a half inch. You can see underneath the doors, the light comes through okay. on one door more, more so than the other because they kind of overlap where they have that rim or trim or whatever in the center of the t- two doors. The astragal, yes. So you see the gap in the center and above the door, and, of course, the air is coming in and out of, the, of that section. Okay. Uh, absent of doing, you know, some foundation work and, and correcting that in some way, you're, you're probably going to have to do some modifications to the hinges on the door and, and, okay. sh- and you, you know, and, and shim it to where yeah, you I've heat up a little bit. foundation work done. Okay, okay. Uh, that's, that's probably, the door's probably going to have to be rehung. And okay. you're also, you also may end up looking at adding some additional weather stripping to the astragal part in the center of the door so it seals up properly. There are also little pads that you can get. We, we have a really uh, really scientific name for them. We call them sticky pads. Uh, <laughs> they, they, that's a technical uh, term. That's a technical term. <laughs> Just look it up, really. Uh, okay. We call them sticky pads. We also call them mustaches, and they're, they're little fuzzies. That you can stick. They're they're either fuzzy or they're just uh, compression foam that you can put at the bottom edges where the two doors meet, and right. kind of close up that little gap at the bottom. And that's that's also another way that you can help address that issue. Uh, okay, but if, if you've got a half an inch difference, you're probably going to have to do a little rehanging of the doors, and that's going to you know just require some trial and error and and shimming of the hinges. Okay, we'll try that. Second question was with my plumbing. I had changed out a cartridge in one bathroom on one side of the house. It had fused inside the pipe, so it took a lot of digging and everything to get the the piece that had broken off. But a mission accomplished, got the cartridge in. Then from that point on, the bathroom on the opposite side of the house has stopped getting water, the hot water, unless I run it for a good 10, 12 minutes, and then it just intermittently comes and goes, comes and goes. Okay. Is there any connection, or is it just coincidental? Uh, it could be coincidental, uh, but what could have happened is you could have knocked loose some calcium deposits uh, that that have now, you know, filtered down into the tank of the water heater and, and is affecting its, uh, its efficiency. That's a complete possibility. Uh, how old is the water heater? Probably about seven years. Okay. You might want to take a look at getting either a plumber out there to flush your water heater or flush okay. it yourself. Uh-huh. And and then see what you know, see what kind of results you get after that. If it's still not working properly, you may end up looking at replacing that water heater. Okay. Because I I had a fire with that water heater about that amount of time. 
where the hard water had eroded the the tubing or whatever, and it started a fire in that little closet. So that's when I had the whole thing replaced at that point in time, had the whole closet rebuilt and what have you. But it seemed like, and for some reason, the the spigot, the spout from the wall has has come. There's a larger gap between the spout and the wall itself to about a half inch as well when we changed up that cartridge. And I don't know why it shifted. Yeah, that's a hard one for me to answer. Do you do you uh, routinely flush your water heater on a annual or biannual basis? No. Okay. Yeah, you, you probably need to get a plumber out there to take a look at it um, because oh. my guess is that you're you're going to end up with kind of the same issue that you had eight years ago. Eight years is a is a long time to run without doing any flushing or or cleaning of the tank. So yeah. well, I've inspected um, I've, I've inspected the water heater externally itself, so I don't so I avoid that problem happening again. But I will get them out to flush it. Yeah, that's that's a real good idea, and uh, you know you might find that that's the problem. If it's not, mm-hmm. I mean, water heaters unfortunately these days they don't last as long as you'd like them to. Yeah, well, I know my husband mentioned something about when we were digging for the the piece that had fused into the piping that it may have fallen into a hole or something and clogged. It's, and it's possible. I get a lot of hot water from all the other faucets and things. Yeah, there's something going on with that particular run, but yeah, you'll need to get a plumber out there to check that out. All right. Well, I certainly okay. appreciate your help on these issues. Hey, Lisa, thank you. Appreciate you calling Thanks. this morning. Uh, I, I know that I'm past break time, but I also know that Larry has been waiting a long time. Larry, can we get a fast one in here? Good morning, Larry. Yes. My question is, uh, I have solar panels on top of the roof, and uh, we were working on a solar panel. I had a guy working on it, and he says, uh, you've got some fungus growing in the roof underneath the panel into the shingles. Do you know a quick remedy for that? Uh, there, there are different types of washes that you can get for your roof to clean that. I just would caution you to be very careful anytime that you're up on the roof and, and working with liquid and, and making it slick. It's it, it can be dangerous, but certainly there there are you know different things that you can uh, wash that with, and there are things specifically made to wash your roof. Um, I don't know the brands right off the top of my head, but I know that they're out there and available. Uh, it's also nothing to be very very concerned about either um, the fungus on the top of your ridges uh, i mean on the top of your shingles is not something to be real concerned about except for appearance okay 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 thank you very much thanks larry Bye-bye. appreciate you calling mike hermes realtor par excellence good morning mike how you doing buddy outstanding how are you doing sir I'm, man i'm doing beautiful it's it's a it's a gorgeous day out there it's going to be uh nice and mild and awesome and crisp and couldn't ask for a better weekend brother thank you hey thanks for taking time out of your saturday morning i know you're a busy guy uh but i appreciate you calling in and, and taking time out of your saturday today to chat with me a little bit about the state of the real estate market in san antonio because i know that that's something that's on a lot of people's minds right now it's my pleasure Absolutely, my pleasure. So, what what is happening? What do you see going on in the market right now? Is it is it uh, is it still a strong market? Is it is it uh, cooling off rapidly? What's going on right now? Well, uh, we a lot of buyers have, have pulled back. I mean, uh, it, it was like a halt. We went from 
2.75 to 3% interest rates to 7 8% interest rates. And unfortunately, people, and, and I, try, I try and talk about this, my daughter and I try and talk about this on our show all the time. It is not the best thing to do when everybody else is doing it. In other words, it's not the best it's actually the worst time to buy a house during a seller's market. It is the best time to buy a house during a buyer's market. Now you can actually negotiate the price down. You can actually get closing costs paid. And if you're worried about the interest rate, number one, I would much rather buy a house at a lower price with a higher interest rate. I can always refinance later when the market the interest rates come back when it levels out yeah of course yeah i'm not married to an interest rate and i get a house for less and if it's if you think about it and you buy a house at a lower price with a higher interest rate and it's actually the same price and then later you can bring the interest rate down yeah yeah and 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 let's go but let's let's go back in time six eight months six or eight months ago yes the interest rates were better but you were going in with multiple offer scenarios, almost always well above asking price. There was no room for negotiation, and you were lucky. I mean, I talked to people, and I know you did too, uh, throughout the last year and a half, who were frustrated because they put they put their offers in on 12, 15 different houses and didn't get any one of them because they got outbid on all of them. I lost more clients recommending not to pay 25% over, not to put a waiver in there, that it doesn't matter what it appraises for because you'll pay the difference in cash. Yeah. And yeah. then be 20, 25, 40% upside down now. Immediately. Immediately. You, you, yes. You're already upside down in your house. You have no, not only do you not have any equity, you put yourself in a hole and, and, Thousands and thousands and thousands of people did that in the last year, year and a half. Yes. So because yeah. everybody else was doing it. Because everybody you else was doing it. Follow the sheep. Yep. You know, I've, I've always preached: don't follow the sheep. Sheep get slaughtered. You know, it's and... a good good analogy. Good analogy. But now here we are, uh, late twenty twenty two. Interest rates are are shooting up. Uh, certainly not to the levels that you and I have seen in our lifetime, but. To the younger buyer out there, it's it, you know it's it's the sky falling, and you you have balances out there, and and it's like it's like going and buying a car at uh, at at zero percent interest, which by the way doesn't exist anymore now either. Uh, but if you buy a car at zero percent interest and you paid five thousand dollars more for it than you would have, are you really getting a great deal? That's the question. It's the same thing in real estate. Perception. Perception, exactly. And and perception is reality, and we have a new reality that's that's happening in our country now when it comes to interest rates and, and real and real estate. Um, you know, as as a guy who loves real estate, you know I love real estate. Um, I know that, yes. I do. I, I love it from a personal standpoint. I love it from a, a, from a business standpoint. I think it's 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 one of the most solid investments that you can make uh, when whenever other things are falling apart. The old saying, it's it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. They ain't making any more of it. And uh, 
and and land is 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 always going to be uh, of great value if it's the right land at the right time at the right place. And uh, what are you seeing in your in your sellers out there? Are sellers panicking? Are sellers you know you know just getting a little bit of a slap of reality check and and realizing that yeah my house isn't worth you know one hundred eighty thousand two hundred thousand dollars more than than I thought it was. Uh, what's going on, on on from a seller's standpoint? Yeah, there's a lot of shock. I'm not making 33% every year. Yeah. You know, so, but I try and explain to them, there's still buyers out there and there's still, you know, if they don't want to sell it for less than they would have six months ago, uh, you know, then hold on to it. Don't sell it. Don't don't rebuy. If you are going to sell it, you're going to more than make up the difference on your buy than what you're going to do on your sell. And above all of that, there are ways to make your house more attractive. Price it, um, you know, aggressively, but towards the top of the market, and then offer uh, to pay a couple of percent and the buyer. And give them the option to get an adjustable rate mortgage with a buy down of the interest rate. So by the end of the buy down, you're going to be in a position, you know, hopefully that uh, you'll be able to refinance. And because it is going to, interest rates are going to come back. And uh, the Republicans are going to make sure of it to fix uh, what's going on right now. I know we're not supposed to talk about politics, but we have swings, (laughs) you know. Yeah, there, there, there will be some adjustments happening, and 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 I feel like you're right. I think that those adjustments are going to be coming in in the not super distant future, but we still have a little bit of a wave uh, to ride here uh, with the interest rates as they are. Uh, if you have real estate questions, now's the time to call two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. While we have Mike Hermes in with us. Uh, so, Mike, uh, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the, the buyer's market versus seller's market and, and when is the good time to buy and, and, you know, what are some of the advantages right now? You, you got to, you know, as a realtor, you got you to roll with the punches. You know, you, you, can't, you can't affect the interest rates. You can't affect the, the, you know, the political climate. You can't affect any of these things. All you can do is roll with the punches and serve your clients as best you can. So we were talking a little bit earlier about some of the positives, okay, that we could take away from the situation that we're in now as opposed to what we were in uh, eight months, a year ago. And one of those positives – go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Tell tell me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, What I – you know, what I wanted you to to expound on is, you know, the ways that you can can still make, uh, you know, lemonade out of lemons, so to speak, as as a seller, you're not going to get those super crazy, ridiculous, over market uh, offers now. But you, let's say you need to sell your house. Okay, I, I hate to be in a position where you have to sell your house or you need to sell your house, but some people are. And if you are in that position, what's the very best thing you can do as a seller to ensure that your home is not going to sit and languish on the market for six months? Do the same things you did before in a great market. Have it looking at its very best. Make it available and price it uh, aggressively. When you price it aggressively, you'll still in this market. You can still, uh, and I'm not talking about giving it away. I'm talking about within the range of where it's supposed to be. Don't price it over. 
uh, and don't price it under. Price it uh, where it needs to sell, number one. Number two, don't panic. Because if you're going to buy something, you're still going to get a great deal. And if you go in other markets across the United States, they're much worse off than we are. And number three, if you bought six months ago, don't panic now. Because the market always has little corrections, and it always continues to go up over time. So if you're a little bit upside down or a lot upside down right now for a little bit, patience. I tell people the same thing with the stock market. Don't sell when it's down. No, it's no. One of, the, one of the worst things you can do in the stock market or in real estate is to panic. And, yes. You know, and sell out of fear. Uh, selling out of fear will almost always lose you money. Anything out of fear will put you in a bad position. Most times. Agree. So patience, think it out. And what are the two best inflation, the hedges against inflation? I'll answer that. I don't mean to test anybody. (laughs) mad at me all the time. I'm glad you're answering that because I thought I I was going to be graded at the end of this. So, so yes. Yeah. Real estate and gold. Yep. We have over the years and hundreds of years, our country have been the two best hedges against inflation. And we have had 20 plus percent inflation in this country in our lifetime. Right. So we're having inflation for the first time for a long time. Don't panic. And, and the other thing that I want to encourage people about is, is when, when you get, and listen, our country's not perfect. We've got some real problems going on right now that we need to, we need to address. But when you look at the global scope of things, we are in much better shape than, say, Europe or <laughs> some other areas of our of our world uh, right now. We, we think that we've got it bad, but whenever you start comparing us to, to some other countries out there, we really and truly are, are not in as bad a shape as we as we think we are. Um, we don't want we're to get to that point. We're still the greatest country in the world. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And we're we possessed. Boy, yes. are we. Boy, are we. Well, uh, you know, Mike, listen, I can't thank you enough for coming on and talking with me this morning. I, uh, I, I, I really and truly uh, appreciate your time. Tell everybody about your show and Holly's show and, and uh, what, they, what they can expect whenever they tune in to you on Saturday afternoons. You know, more of the same, but probably a little bit more uh, familial banter. Holly quips at me pretty good, and sometimes I come back. It's a lot of fun. Like you, we try and entertain and and teach at the same time. We're on Saturdays from 3 to 4 on these same channels, which is pretty cool that we're AM and FM and streaming live. And if anybody's thinking about buying or selling, Holly and I are with Phyllis Browning. We're the Hermes team. We'd love to help you. 210-341-1400. Martin, thank you so much. Hey, Mike, thank you. And, and guys, uh, just so you know, uh, Mike has, has represented me both as a buyer and a seller in, in multiple transactions over the years, and, and he's going he's gonna to do a great job for you. And, and now Holly's been in the – it's hard to believe, but Holly's been with you now for how many years? Nine. Woo! Man, Nine where's the years. Time go? And Where does the time I go? I know. Well, and now great. he's been being a grandfather. I know. That is so awesome. So awesome. It's great, yeah. being, a grand, it's great being a granddad, isn't it? 
the best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> well, listen, brother, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for being a part of the show today and, and, and hanging out with me. And, uh, and, and best of luck to you, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. Mike Hermes. There he goes, everybody. Let's get to Omar. Omar, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, sir. How are you? Fantastic. How can I help you this morning? Well, uh, my mother recently sold her house and is going to be building another one, and, and the builder is, is allowing, I'm, I'm helping this along, the builder is allowing us to, you know, if we <clears throat> if we have a vendor or find a better deal or a better this or that, you know, he'll go he'll go with, with that vendor. So um, I wanted to ask you, <clears throat> uh, what is the Window World version of, uh, he sent us some windows, and they're just, you know, I guess kind of the, Home Depot thing, <clears throat> Ply Gen, I guess is a brand, thirty-five and a half by fifty to fifty-nine and a half, five hundred series white vinyl insulated single hung for two hundred a piece. What's the window world equivalent of that, and how much? Well, we we have our it would be our four thousand series single hung, and uh, it's it's frankly going to be a better quality than that window. Uh, I'm I'm yeah. I'm familiar with that window, and it, it will be a better quality than that window. Okay, and will will you sell just the window by, of course. by itself? Or okay, yes, sir. Okay. Sure will. Can you, yep, you, can you ballpark that price for uh, you know, the window? Or is it... I, I I haven't looked at our price listing uh, recently. Best thing to do would just be swing on by. Where are you close to? Where Where are you located? Well, we're not. We're in Lavo County. I'm 80 miles south of San Antonio, but I mean, it, it it's no problem to go to San Antonio at all. Okay. Well, then you, you, our closest uh, location for you then would be our Evers location. Come on by, and we'll be happy to quote you on it. Show you what window we're talking about, and uh, and and get you a quote. Gotcha. Sure will. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for calling this morning, Omar. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Going to get very quickly, and I hate to rush through this because I wanted to go into more detail about it, uh, but we are not going to have time this morning to talk much about the cost versus value. Uh, one of the things that they, that they talk about is, of course, window replacement, uh, deck additions. They, do, they talk about both exterior and interior remodeling, and they go into some pretty good detail about what they do. For instance... And, and we're going to talk, let's just talk about windows, and we'll talk about the other stuff next week, but let's talk about window replacement. So window replacement vinyl, they replace 10 existing 3-foot three, three by 5-foot double-hung windows with insulated low-E, simulated divided light vinyl windows uh, with a custom color exterior finish. Uh, trim exterior to match the existing and do not disturb existing interior trim. Okay, that's what the project is like. Now, what they come up with as a price for that project for instance, uh, is $19,984. The resale value on that, if you turned around and sold it the next day, and this is where the cost versus value comes in, they estimate to be $9,692. That's a 48.5% return on investment if you turned around and sold it the next day. It doesn't have anything to do with with, uh, anything uh, having to do with energy efficiency or saving on heating and cooling, none of that. But here's the thing. The price that they come up with, the $19,984, that is well above what Window World would install those 10 windows for. I mean, well above what Window World would install those 10 windows for. So when you start looking at that cost recouped, that number, depending on who you're buying from, and this is just an average, $19,984 is an average. Ours, again, way below that. Um, 
is 48.5%. So you can see that that number goes up the more, the more that job cost goes down. Now some other just really quick ones before we get out of here. Bathroom addition, mid-range, 41% return on investment. Bathroom addition, 38% return on investment. Minor kitchen remodel, 54%. The very best return on investment on this entire list is manufactured stone veneer, brickstone, 88% return on investment. 88% return on investment. That is pretty impressive, uh, especially in, in the uh, environment that we're in right now with inflation of costs and what have you. Uh, they also talk about siding replacement as well. Pretty good, pretty good re uh, replacement uh, com comparison, 50 to 42 to 50% on replacement uh, of siding. And, and it goes on and on from there. So there's there's a lot to talk about. Now, I do want to get more in-depth, and the next time we, we chat, we will do that. But uh, I am running out of time. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me during the week, it is mbomba. That's M-B-O-M-B-A at windowworldtx.com. mbomba at windowworldtx.com. And uh, any time that you drop me a line, I try to get back to you as quickly as I possibly can. Hey, listen, thanks for listening. Appreciate you being here. Louis Siriani and the Automotive Show is coming up next. Be sure to stick around for that. Till next time, I wish you peace, love, and kindness, everybody. See you next time on the Home Improvement Show. <laughs>